The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. LinkedIn News. From LinkedIn News, this is Get Hired, a podcast for the ups and downs of our professional lives. I'm Andrew Seaman, LinkedIn Senior News Editor for Job Searches and Careers. Each week on Get Hired, we'll talk about leveling up. Sometimes we'll talk about finding work. Other times, we'll talk about excelling where you are right now. And through it all, we'll focus on how to stay true to yourself in the process. My hope is that you can succeed in your job and career without having to hide yourself. It's no fun. I'm talkative, loud, flamboyant, and in my opinion, funny. I used to think I needed to hide that to excel at work, but it turned out not only could I be myself, the more I leaned into who I really am, the further I went in my career. On that note, we're kicking off this podcast with a conversation about communicating in the workplace. It's such a relevant topic for today's world of work, digital body language. Now, when I first heard the phrase digital body language, my mind went to having good posture on Zoom and making sure my hair looked impeccable. But according to our guest today, writer and speaker Erica Dewan, that's not the whole picture. We all know that roughly 60 to 80 percent of our communication is nonverbal body language, pacing, pauses, gestures, tone. But with our digital shift in work, body language hasn't disappeared. It is just transformed. We don't walk the talk. We don't talk the talk anymore. We write the talk first. So that's really what digital body language is all about. And when we think about how digital communication in many ways now is our primary format of getting hired and succeeding in our roles, this matters more than ever. Erica literally wrote the book on digital body language, and recently she joined me on my LinkedIn Live show, which is conveniently also called Get Hired, to dig into how job seekers can leverage the principles of digital body language to reach their career goals. Hi, Andrew. So excited to be here. Can you tell us really what digital body language is? Because I think some people might think it's just how you present yourself on video or Zoom, but it's so much more than that, right? Yeah. With our digital shift in work, body language hasn't disappeared. It is just transformed. We now infuse what I call digital body language, which are all of the cues and signals that make up the subtext of our messages now. Everything from the choice of our communication medium. Did we choose to LinkedIn, email, Slack, to our response time? Did we respond in two minutes, two days, two weeks to our punctuation? How many exclamation points or emojis did we use to even how we really ran a Zoom meeting to drive engagement are not just natural things. They are signals that make or break how others feel about us in a modern marketplace. Yeah. And, you know, it's not that people are necessarily willfully illiterate about this. And I think maybe generations get better at this because they are native to it. But you make the point in the book that when the digital revolution really set in in the 90s or whatever, um, people weren't prepared for it. It just happened. So it wasn't like people were trained to adapt to it. So even though, you know, it's so pertinent to the pandemic, really, this has been an issue going back kind of like two, almost three decades, right? 
Absolutely. I think the, the best analogy is that we're all immigrants to a new foreign country where we don't quite know the rules of the language yet. And there's all these regional accents and dialects. My parents are Indian immigrants to the United States. And at home, we spoke Hindi. And when I got to school, I had accented English and struggled to find my voice. And I remember learning how to really communicate and be like an American by deciphering body language. I would watch the popular girls with their heads high, the cool kids slouching during school assemblies. And it taught me it's not what we say, it's how we say it. But just like I was an immigrant to traditional body language, today we're all immigrants to how we say it in the world of digital body language. What is your advice for job seekers who are trying to reach out to people to build connections, to get their foot in the door places? Yeah. Well, for job seekers, and, and really for all of us, remember that when we are digitally communicating with others, there are, there are two other factors that guide the decisions we make, how we write, how we connect with them. I call this the trust and power matrix. The first is who has more or less power. The second question is how much do we trust each other? Remember when it's appropriate to err on the side of formality. Be succinct, be to the point, have a very clear subject line in an email or in an email of exactly what you're looking for. Did you get to the point quickly or did you send a long prose that really no one wants to read in today's world where everyone is busy? So remembering to be thoughtful about based on the power and based on the fact that there's low trust. So, you know, if you're cold emailing someone, make sure you're thoughtful about attaching the resume. Make sure you have a clear subject line that specifically answers what you need from them so they can help support you. Uh, try to avoid phrases like, how's the weather or how are you? And get to the point. I actually say that respect and empathy in digital body language is respecting their time, their inboxes and their schedules. But really more than ever, it really starts by being prepared. Do your research, understand what the job recruiter or agency is looking for. Uh, you know, don't have a cookie cutter language be authentic, share what's unique about you, but also get to the point and be specific. I know exactly what Erica is saying. Before working at LinkedIn, I was a medical reporter at the news agency Reuters. I got pitches from PR and marketing companies all the time. Most of the time, they'd send me these long emails and my inbox was so full, it was rare that any of them broke through that noise. But I did remember and I developed great working relationships with the people who knew how to write me succinctly and clearly. For me, that moved the needle. This is like the new firm handshake. The new eye contact is having a clear to the point email that gives others exactly what they need to do next in the most succinct way. My next question for you, Erica, is Zoom because a lot of job interviews, a lot of meetings, a lot of networking events are now based in video. What's your advice for people who are having Zoom interviews or Zoom meetings? Uh, a few key things I think are important. Let's be honest, video interviews are now the norm, not the exception. And so remember that the, the first impression looks different. It used to be the first seven milliseconds that someone met you in person. And now it's really how you show up on a video screen is that knee-jerk first judgment or reaction from someone that is considering hiring you. So a couple key tips. First of all, if you haven't yet, be thoughtful and get a $50 webcam and light. Uh, remember, this is like the new dressing up at work. It can either make or break executive presence. Secondly, when you're trying to connect with someone, for, especially for the first time in a Zoom interview, actually look into the camera 
Research shows that we tend to make eye contact about up to 60% of the time face-to-face. I would argue you want to be making eye contact about that much of time in a digital setting. Secondly, make sure that your positioning is set up. You're far away enough where people can see some of your hand gestures, but they can also still see your facial expressions. Third, be prepared. More than ever, I would say a great Zoom interview or a great interview isn't necessarily just about dressing up and having the background. It's about being thoughtful, asking good questions, um, being intentional about engaging um, with exactly what they're saying and offering that deep listening. And also just be authentic, be willing to share who you are. The last thing that I'll share when it comes to Zoom interviews is to remember that it doesn't start and end when the Zoom starts and ends. Uh, You know, interviews really start before the interview with the preparedness you share before, with questions you may ask if there's anything you can send them before, anything that you should be prepared to share before the meeting. Actually being proactive about it digitally before the meeting can help. We're going to take a short break. When we get back, Erica shares advice on adapting to this digital new normal and how to navigate the biases that still exist online. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days, all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life, a promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. I'm Kwame Christian, and I am the CEO of the American Negotiation Institute. And I want you to check out my podcast, Negotiate Real Change. Listen to conversations with leaders in the diversity, equity, and inclusion space and learn the secrets behind what it really takes to become a successful advocate, ally, and change maker in your organization. Check out Negotiate Real Change on your favorite podcast player. We're back with Erica Dewan. Okay, so I know I said at the beginning of the show that Zoom posture isn't what digital body language is all about, but it's definitely part of it. Here's Erica with some tips for nailing your Zoom look. First of all, minimize your thumbnail. (laughs) Yes, maybe check out your hair in the first 10 seconds and then minimize your thumbnail. Zoom fatigue is high and a lot of it is just the sphere of how we're showing up and how we're looking. It's not natural for us to see our own mirror of ourselves when we're connecting with other people in a physical room. So let's let's reduce that that challenge and minimize our thumbnail. Um, you know, be thoughtful of not worrying about it too much. Uh, you know, get comfortable. We're two years into video calls as a norm. Uh, and, and secondly, a couple other things that I think are useful. If you are having a conversation with someone where you already have high trust, there's actually a Wharton study that showed that phone calls can be more productive than video calls because we're less focused on how we show up on camera and more focused on the tone and intonation in someone's voice. There's a lot of times where people who are older job seekers or older workers, they worry about sort of what younger managers or younger workers think and younger workers worry about how older managers think, things like that. So what is your advice for intergenerational communication? What are important things to keep in mind? In my research, what I found was that there are differences in digital body language behaviors across 
age groups. And it's not just age, but age is a major factor in it. On on one end, there are those I call the digital natives. And on the other end, there are those I call the digital adapters. The digital native is someone who is very savvy and fluent. They love text IM. They hate voicemails. They hate phone calls out of the blue. They like frequent, fast, shorter messages. I think, Andrew, you're one of them. A digital adapter is someone who is much more reluctant with technology. They like the in-person meeting, the phone call out of the blue, longer messages. So, you know, it is important to think about this. If you're a digital adapter, but you want to get hired by a digital native, your natural inclination would be to hit the phones if you haven't heard from them by email or call them and leave a voicemail. But for that digital native, it may be much more efficient to actually find them on a social media channel, direct message them, engage with them there and build a relationship, or make sure you have that thoughtful email with a clear subject line and three bullet points about what you need. And and I would say that, you know, digital natives tend to skew younger, but I also know 50-year-olds that are digital natives and 30-year-olds that feel like digital adapters and love to get on the phone. Regardless of whether someone is a digital native or a digital adapter, checking in about communication style is a good touch, especially once you've landed the job. Make sure to be proactive and ask them, what is your ideal style? How do you like complex information? How do you want me to reach you for something urgent? And what are the norms for when I email you, when I LinkedIn you, when when I call you and beyond? That can really allow individuals to make or break just their first few days, few weeks or years on the job. Unfortunately, bias still exists in the digital workplace, but... Erica has some advice on how to navigate these minefields. Many people, particularly women, feel much more pressure to pepper their messages with exclamation points or emojis or soften language because there is a double bind. Um, And research does show that similar to up-talking and voice pitch, where there's a double bind for women and women feeling that they need to soften messages in person, That actually has translated um, in in a virtual setting where often women, but not just women, do often feel more pressured to soften messages with hedging language, just so, I guess so, maybe, um, or other cues that would allow them like like emojis and exclamation points and other punctuation tools to, to emote in a message. I, you know, I think what's important here is to understand that, um, I believe that we should be authentic in who we are. And I also believe that we should be cognizant of the gender biases that exist. For someone re-entering the workforce who hasn't had the experience of Zoom meetings, what tips can you share? Yeah, great question. Digital fluency is definitely important as you're job seeking. And a lot of that is knowing how to use these tools quite effectively. Um, I, I would argue that there's a few things you can do. Uh, the first is, if you're still looking for a job, um, you know, check out a, a lot of these tools. Test them with your friends. Find a, a peer mentor who's also looking for a new job and chat with them on Zoom calls. Get feedback from others. Secondly, once you've gotten a job, actually ask your organization if they have clear norms and guidelines around how meetings are run. Is it video on and off? Do you use the chat? Um, you know, make a list of the questions you might have with Slack. When do you use it versus when do you email? And if you're proactive about some of this, I would argue you'll be much more successful later. You know, I I think at the end of the day, 
this is going to involve for many of us getting comfortable being uncomfortable. And so think about it as you're in that foreign country, you're learning the new language and you're being proactive also around getting mentors and advisors. It may take some time for us to get comfortable being uncomfortable, but it's definitely worth the time investment. Because as Erica said, this new form of communication isn't going anywhere. So let's start now. I want to pose a challenge to all of you and myself. Take one piece of Erica's advice and put it into action. Maybe you start sending shorter and more succinct emails. Or maybe you work on your intergenerational communication. Whatever it is, try it out for a week and let us know how it went. Email us at gethired at linkedin.com or leave me a message on LinkedIn. Remember, it's up to you to put this advice into practice. Still, you always have a community backing you up and cheering you on. Connect with me and the Get Hired community on LinkedIn to continue the conversation. You can also join my weekly Get Hired live show, which is every Friday at noon on the LinkedIn news page. And if you like this episode, leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts. It helps people like you find the show. And of course, we'll continue this conversation next week, right here, wherever you like to listen. Get Hired is a production of LinkedIn News. The show is produced by Michelle O'Brien with help from Sarah Storm, Taisha Henry, Derek Carl, and Gianna Prudenti. Joe DiGiorgi mixed our show. Florencia Iriando is head of original audio and video. Dave Pond is our technical director. Ginny Choi is our production manager. Dan Roth is the editor-in-chief of LinkedIn. And I'm Andrew Seaman. Until next time, stay well and best of luck.